Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Don't Praise the Machine. This is episode number 94. Uh, my name is Alexander Holland, and as always, I'm sat digitally next to my number one podcast puncher. He's got to be the one called John Maloney. John Maloney, we're sliding into episode number 94, year of 1994. That make me yeah. think of... I got some uh, I got some songs for you to start with. I thought I'd just put them out mm-hmm. there and you say, that's a song that I really loved and used to play. Mm-hmm. Or you say, that's not a song that I loved. And it that's, a that's a nish-nish. That's a nish-nish. So a bunch, bunch, bunch of these we mentioned last week in our... 19 uh, in our 90s pop music survey uh, okay. uh, episode how about mm-hmm. the sign by ace of bass i saw the sign that was one i think that had a relatively bad drop off didn't it it, it had a bad drop off it's really mm. sliding out the gen z is don't remember it. Me. i was surprised that yeah. it charted it charted much higher it charted higher than all that she wants which i think is a far superior ace of bass song hmm there you go Eat it's got a bit baby. more she gone tomorrow, boy. It's got a bit more of a sunny holiday feel yeah, to it. Yeah, it was. It's lamer. It's way lamer. Mm. What about "Tomorrow" by Silverchair from album Frog Stomp? I wanna rag you, fat boy. Remember That's a classic. Tomorrow, oh, youthy, so youthy. Thanks so much, Daniel Johns, for making Frog Stomp a part of our youths. At the time, I had a bit of cringe. I remember just going. These guys are too young. Don't try to pretend you're rock stars and you're just from Australia and you're boys. <laughs> you're just boys from Newcastle. Get off the stage. <laughs> uh, what else you got? 1994 was also the year that Kurt Cobain was found dead on April 8th in his garage. Oh, gosh, is that early? Yeah. And I thought mm. we'd do a little bit. I normally go straight to the songs. I thought I would do 1994 in film. Yeah. So tell me if these were really films that you had a, your little chipmunk cheeks stuffed full of popcorn <laughs> laughing. <laughs> what about yeah. Pulp Fiction? Oh, yeah. I didn't watch it when I was 11 or whatever I was. You weren't in allowed? No, I wasn't allowed. What were you allowed to did... watch when you were in 1994? Uh, what did Peter just... and Celia say was fine for you and your, probably just your had... sensitive little brain? <laughs> <laughs> Probably just had Ghost all the all of my favorites Ghostbusters 2 Groundhog yeah. Day Oh yeah uh, I think I had Groundhog Day I, I watched Groundhog Day probably more Probably with a kind of Groundhog Day-esque repetitiveness At that stage uh, 94 um, is also Friend of the Film of the show Shawshank Redemption Oh wow the uh, plain cheese pizza of film choices. <laughs> I thought I would. I thought I should also just mention. I've had a few people say to me since we've mentioned Shawshank Redemption on the show quite a lot, and we always kind of mention it as if it's a kind of, as you say, the plain cheese pizza film. I would just like to state that I actually, it is actually an excellent film, and I do love it. It's a it. good film. Yeah, yeah. I think it just became this. <clears throat> the reason we started joking about it was every time there was a kind of you know, profile, say, in a magazine or a newspaper of, like, a middle-of-the-road celebrity, like a footy star or something. Yeah, a sporting star like, who you wouldn't normally see as somebody who was, like, really interested in high culture yeah. but wanted to appear. <laughs> exactly. Wanted to, like, pick something other than, you know, die hard. <laughs> so they picked Shawshank Redemption to show that they had a bit of emotional depth. And then, <laughs> and then they'd say... 
Yeah, like pet favorite food, garlic bread, favorite yeah. film, Shawshank. Yeah. So if there's any ladies out there, just I'd like to reiterate that my favorite movie is Shawshank Redemption and not <laughs> Die Hard. <laughs> it's like it's kind of like it's like it's crazy because it's like not boring, but it's, it's like yeah. he, there's heaps going on, but also there's like there's like feelings in there or something. It's so <laughs> I don't know, it's so good. It's just weird, man. I don't get like. it. <laughs> it's about tri- and there's so much triumph. I love it so much. What about film that I'm gonna say? <laughs> Another another friend film of the show, True Lies, yeah. 1994. Oh, wow. That featured very heavily in the early days of the podcast. Yeah. We had, uh, we had like a, a dominant thread about the film True Lies and its various stars. Bill Paxton being Bill one. Bill Paxton. Um, Tia Carrera, who we got a cameo from early <laughs> on. For any... Anyone who wants to go back and visit season one of DPTM, you can, you can hear Tia Carrera. Um, Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger's in. I think he's in Austria at the moment because I was on, I was on the U-Bahn oh. here in Berlin. I was on the U-Bahn here in Berlin, and I noticed that there was a little uh, the, the, the the screens that run current news. And I think uh, yeah, I think and he was on there saying I love Austria, which is like Ich liebe Österreich. Ah, oh. he um, have you been to Austria? No, I haven't. It, Vienna is very pretty. <clears throat> I've heard it's beautiful. And uh, I was reading something recently about what interested me was is Vienna has kind of never been. It always struck me as like somewhere I could go in later life and maybe it one hundred percent is, and you'll appreciate yeah. it more then because it's just nice. It's just like yeah, really just really pretty and nice and yeah. But there was that there was that period in the twenties maybe when hitler and stalin and freud and all these people lived within like a five block radius of each other right and i've always thought the block of triumph yeah exactly i've always thought there's a sitcom in that that's really untapped that the austrians have missed a trick (laughs) the thing that i was thinking about because 1994 is quite a resonant year for me it was my first kind of full year in adelaide and I was kind of finding my feet as a young schoolboy in Adelaide. And I remember um, having quite a happy year socially. And so when it came to be time for our school photo, I was having a joke with some kid next to me. So there's this school photo from that year, which is like me kind of half falling over laughing with this sweet smile on my face. And that was 1994, I think. That could have been end of 93, but my recollection is it's 94. And you subsequently appropriated that photo and used it for, because you were telling me recently you were doing a bit of DJing in Berlin and it reminded me of this, that you you had this DJ night, which I think was called like, well, maybe I've just made this up in my head, like Little Johnny's DJ night or something. <laughs> it was called, and, it was called uh, Clever Cuts. Clever Cuts. And uh, you used to have... If I'm not mistaken, you used to have my photo as like one of the icons, of yeah, the, one of the insignia of the of the event. We can post it on the Instagram page. I still have it somewhere for the for the yeah for the logo, the logo of the mm. Clever Cuts night. I had taken your 
photograph, your school photograph, and I had kind of made it into a simplistic print. So it looks like a kind of mm. v- a very typical smiley 1950s advertising boy. <laughs> it does, yeah. Like a kind of ice cream ad from yeah. the 50s. Yeah, yeah. With your, with your just little joyous, carefree smile before the weight <laughs> of the world crushed your spirits. <laughs> it did. But yeah, I often think about how many hundreds of people would have seen that and just assume that you probably had gotten some <laughs> 1950s stock image, but actually it was a picture of me. <laughs> That's uh, right. Shout out to the uh, good people at the King's Head in Adelaide. Now, speaking of Austria and how nice it is, I don't expect you'd get, uh, you wouldn't get food poisoning. So it would be <laughs> unlikely that you'd get severe bouts of diarrhea in Vienna. Mm. But that's, That'd be nice. that's what happened to you in Southeast Asia. But now you've returned to your yeah. homeland. I was trying to think, what do I say? Do I say back on terra firma? That's just when you're on land, isn't it? When you Is that what terra firma means? Am I getting I my Latin so, correct? Yeah, on, on solid ground, I suppose. Uh, but um, I am. I'm back in the wonderful city of Melbourne. I've been back for... Almost a week now. How is Melbourne? What's gone on? Tell everybody, if anybody out there in the Don't Praise a Machine community has never been to Melbourne and you're saying, hey, I work for Melbourne Tourism and I want you to come down here because what you're going to see when you walk out of the plane and get into a cab and are driven into the city of Melbourne, the first thing that you're going to want to do is do this. (laughs) (laughs) You were were talking so fast, you started to break up there. Um, the, The thing that probably is worth noting about Melbourne that happened that happened in my absence is that um, Elton John did a farewell tour here. Yes. He's doing, he's just finishing off his farewell tour of Australia and he's been to, he's played something like 235 shows in Australia. What? So, that which is, is amazing. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Since, I guess um, he would have started in the early seventies, mid seventies, certainly seventies. Yeah, so it's 50 years, but still it's pretty bloody amazing innings because people love him here, and as they do in a lot of places. But, um, uh, yeah, and there was a bit of a fiasco because uh, this guy Molly Meldrum, who our Australian listeners will know about and other people won't, he's a kind of 1970s and 80s and I guess 90s yeah. uh, music, well, kind of music figure, kind of like a like a... Uh, Jimmy Savile without any of the more malignant qualities, like a kind of, you know, uh, sort Host, of an oddball yeah. who was on a lot of music shows. Hosted a lot and, of music uh, shows, a lot of kind yeah. of live music shows and chart shows and that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And he um, he, and Elton are friends from way back, and I think they had some falling out a couple of years ago, and now they've reconciled. Molly's getting a bit kind of loopy in his old age and uh <laughs> he's he also i shouldn't joke because he has an acquired brain injury i think he, f- he had a fall a few years ago and he hasn't quite been the same since so he went to an elton john concert and uh for some reason saw fit to moon the crowd yeah i think he's saying now that it was an accident but i don't really believe that you might that have to explain case. mooning to my german fans ah right so mooning is just bearing your ass to people <laughs> in a kind of comical slash offensive way and it's something that you might do it's a bit more of it it's a bit passe it's a bit kind of like 
pisshead boomer activity. Yeah. Um, and so these days it elicited a somewhat muted reaction, partly because everyone knows that he's not quite the full quid anymore. So people were like, why was he allowed out on stage? <laughs> and what's he, what's he done there? And why was he doing that? And Elton was a bit bemused, I think. And then this other uh, kind of long-standing public figure, Sam Johnson, who's an Australian actor who kind of achieved fame in the, in the 90s and early noughties, he came out and said, yeah, and he played Molly Meldrum in a biopic about Molly Meldrum. Because, he, you know, he's, he was this big figure in Australia when we were opening up to the world of modern pop music and he met a lot of famous people and had quite a nice rapport with a lot of famous musicians. So he, and he was a kind of larger-than-life figure who had a big cowboy hat and blah, blah, blah. And uh, so Sam Johnson played him in this retrospective film and uh, Sam Johnson came out and said, I've been at a couple of events with him in the last few years and he's drank too much and he, I think it's time for him to hang up his hat. Uh, and But Sam Johnson also got a bit emotional because he too, unfortunately, has an acquired brain injury due to a recent accident. Mm. So it's like one in every two very, Australians. There's a, very, <laughs> there's a very uncomfortable situation playing out in the press in Australia where there's a sort of celebrity feud involving two men with with brain injuries, and oh, no. nobody's quite nobody's quite sure what to say about it, <laughs> including me. <laughs> so, Al, I've of course been off in the wilds of uh, of uh, the remote corners of Laos for most of the last couple of weeks, but I've returned now to the city of Melbourne and uh, I've been reconnecting with popular culture in in Holy Weird, as I like to do. And uh, I've got a little bit of an update on the Baldwinitos, as I like to call them. (laughs) So who are the Baldwinitos for our fans Yeah, sure. So way back in episode 32, so more than 60 episodes ago now, which is kind of amazing, I talked about the scandal involving uh, the wife of Alec Baldwin, Hilaria Baldwin. And uh, that was pretty much going on as I was talking about it in episode 32. So it's a while ago now. And... Mm, that's one of that's possibly my favorite bit that we've ever done. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, and um, so so just briefly, I invite people obviously to go back and have a listen to episode thirty two. But uh, people started making an issue of the fact that Hilaria Baldwin had a noticeable Spanish accent, and that she and Alec and various associates <laughs> of theirs, including. Somebody she was doing a podcast with at the time uh, would loosely describe her in a way that suggested she was from Spain. She said that she was from Spain, I think, or like had grown up in Spain. She, of course, called herself Hilaria. Uh, But in fact, her name was Hillary and she was from Boston. And she'd spent some time as a kid in Spain and had some... She, Her family had subsequently gone to Spain because they liked it. She does speak Spanish. So she has a, some sort of loose pretext 
for it, but she massively overplayed her hand, it seems, and uh, thought that maybe, I don't know what quite what her motives were, she thought that maybe this would make her more interesting as a person, as a celebrity. And, uh, <laughs> and it was kind of odd, like she would, I don't know, one of my favourite things is that people would say things, like somebody once said to her on a TV segment, your English is very good, and she just said thank you and didn't clarify <laughs> Her English was was very good because she was a native English speaker. And you uh, sent me a clip this morning that's her with Dr. Oz from some years ago. Yeah, that's right. Where Dr. Oz says, and they're just doing a cooking it's segment. It's a cooking segment. And she keeps, she's making some like Spanish dish. And yeah. she's like, oh yeah, this is a, a Spanish thing we do with the lime. Mm. And then he says, you're Spanish? And she says, the food in Spain, it's a bit like, like she just kind of ignores the question. <laughs> And <laughs> without without missing a beat, like it's yeah. clearly it's so clearly uh, technique that she had. Mm. Like it's so quick. It's there's not a, she, like she doesn't blink. He's just like, <laughs> oh, you do that with the lime. You're Spanish, and she goes eh, in Spain with the lime. What what you can do is, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so funnily enough, she was subsequently doing a podcast called Mom Brain with yeah. Daphne Oz, who was Mehmet Oz's daughter, oh. I think. And um, uh, Mehmet Oz, for those who don't know, is a snake oil salesman and <laughs> yeah. subsequent now failed politician, politician uh, who was on made his name on Oprah. And um, on that show, for example, Daphne Oz referred to Ilaria as European and insinuated uh. that she was a migrant and wanted to kind of make her children speak both languages. And again, she didn't really explicitly adopt all of that, but she kind of let it be said and didn't correct it. And then, uh, so then things, people started to bag her out for that. And uh, she got in a bit of strife and her brand took a blow. And this podcast was discontinued, this mom brain uh. podcast. And then subsequently, she and Alex started a podcast called What's One More, which they described as having honest conversations about parenting, relationships, philanthropy, and life. And they wanted to inspire others to be better, which is a <laughs> typically ho Hollywood-esque kind of sanctimonious objective. And uh, it involves chats with their various celebrity friends and then kind of cutesy chats with each other about their very relatable lives, having <laughs> seven children and living in a mansion. And, uh, <laughs> and, and then that ended, unfortunately, with the uh, events that occurred where um, Alec Baldwin accidentally shot somebody on the set of the film Rust and they, yes. they died. And he's, And so for some weeks I've been thinking about resurrecting my examination of the Baldwinitos. It's never really, um, <laughs> it's never, it's always in the back of my, it's always on my radar what's going on because I just find them <laughs> such a weird little family. And you were, and, you were, you were, you were for a time quite into his pod. He's a, he had a podcast by himself as well. Called, what was it? What was it called, it's called again? Here's the thing. Here's the thing with me, yeah. Alec Baldwin. <laughs> yeah. And I, I listened to it quite a bit during COVID because sometimes he had kind of, um, you know, he's, he's, he's a big kind of Hollywood nerd. So he'd have like Angelica Houston and these yeah. old directors and these kind of Hollywood royalty on the show. And, um, but he's got this kind of, uh, 
reputation for being quite volatile and and aggressive towards the press and things like that, which pairs beautifully with his with Hilaria's kind of weird antics in the press, I think. And uh, and so for a few weeks, I've been thinking about doing this and uh, thinking about talking about them. And uh, it's weird. It's it's in the tradition of schlags that are eerily prescient, I think, because uh, soon after I'd I'd written something to talk about, and I hadn't. My stories about Laos had kind of overtaken it, but before I had a chance to talk about it on the podcast, uh, they ran into a bit more trouble. And I actually feel pretty bad for him because he's he's been charged with involuntary manslaughter in relation to that event on the the shooting on the set of Rust. Yeah. And so, um, so, but the reason I was moved to talk about them was not that it was, it was events that happened back in December, 2022. So his wife had, Elaria had started this mom brain podcast. It had, it had died when she, um, was accused of faking being Spanish. And then, <laughs> then they started this what's one more podcast. And that had, uh, had the kibosh on it when, uh, Alec had accidentally shot someone on the set of the film rust. And then oh, she, no. she kind of went into, uh, her brand sort of went into abeyance for a while and then she was trying to revamp it and she has a new podcast now. And that started in December, 2020, 2022. That podcast is called Witches Anonymous. And it's with a woman called Michelle Mason, who is described as a producer, jewelry, de- jewelry designer, and Salem witch descendant, which just sounds like <laughs> the most kind of LA bio that I can think of. <laughs> and, uh, and, and they, each episode, the, I love the tagline, the tagline, something like, which please we're in this together because it's all about uh oh which please about, i get which it please okay. it's because it's all about like women supporting each other and each each week they're joined by a woman quote unquote in the coven uh to talk about <laughs> i don't know how to support other women blah 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 and again it's kind of i don't know i kind of enjoy it because you know i'm a prick but Ilaria kind of doesn't <laughs> doesn't really have any she doesn't really have any kind of leg to stand on in terms of telling people how to live their lives, but she is always kind of vaguely describing herself as like a wellness expert yeah, and like a, you know, like a maternity expert cause she has seven children. That's probably fair enough. And anyway, this podcast was struggling a bit because her brand, you know, had suffered a few setbacks and so, and her birthday was coming up. And so Alec, um, who I think I must follow on Instagram released a series of little uh, reels about in the lead up to her birthday, featuring himself and various of their children, basically trying to get his followers to follow Hilaria on Instagram. And, uh, and, and the videos themselves are really quite enjoyable viewing because maybe because he has seven children, which is a lot of children with Hilaria, maybe because he's had a pretty difficult year or maybe because he's just once again flogging the dead horse of his wife's career as an influencer. He looks kind of perpetually exhausted (laughs) in these videos and he has this kind of technique of addressing the audience, which I 
think of as a kind of verbal manspreading where he basically just takes a very, very long time to f- get to the point of what the, what the real is. And <laughs> even when it's, even when a sentence is essentially kind of vacuous, it's like he speaks in this way that he's always distracted by something else and never quite reaches his point. So I'll say, you know, he'll start a video and he'll just say, it'll just be Alex's face and he'll say, hi everyone. Uh, is this a good angle? Yes. Okay. It's not a bad <laughs> angle. What if I stand over here? Okay. That's a better angle. So uh, like you feigning can s- authenticity. Exactly. And- yeah. As though he's kind of hasn't planned this, you know, and then he will say, and one of them is going, as you can see, we've got a little, uh, we've got a little, uh, um, this is like a transcript that I've copied. <laughs> we've got a little, uh, party action here because they've just put up some balloons for a birthday but he takes about 30 seconds to describe that they've done that and it's like it's quite they're quite hard to get to the end of and <laughs> and it's also kind of it's also kind of a bit miserable because like he's basically stooping to saying look i'm a i'm a i'm a big celebrity yeah my wife is is in my ear about how she she wants to be an influencer <laughs> and, and uh and can you just help me out and uh and it um yeah it resulted in her i think getting over a million followers eventually but i recommend uh watching those videos cuz they're quite they're just there's a little bit of art to them <laughs> and you get this kind of slightly you get a little bit of a glimpse into like what a weird place the baldwin household is as well Um, and for me, it made me think a lot about how Hilaria struggled to define herself as a podcaster and as a member of a podcasting duo really mirrors my own (laughs) struggles. (laughs) So, (laughs) and and I was wondering if we might convince Alec, particularly now, because his stock is a bit reduced to do a series of cameos promoting DPTM in a similar fashion, but, uh. (laughs) I love I love the way that he obviously the, the the whole point of those videos is like you say because you can just imagine Hilaria's just on him in a Spanish accent saying you get on the fucking you get on fucking Instagram and you tell them that I need to get followed and then he's like he can't he can't reveal that the video is the hard sell so he has to go Oh, how do you work the phone Oh is this the exactly. record is this the record button Can you all see me Oh, it's been a weather's been a bit rough this week, hasn't it? And the whole ang- yeah, the whole right. point of it is eventually you just has to go. Look, guys, my wife is fucking crazy. Okay, help me out. <laughs> help me out here. And he kind of makes it rough, out as like this. It's been a rough week for Alec. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He makes it. He makes it this kind of sweet birthday gift uh, idea. Which look, maybe it was, and I'm just being cynical, but. I think she probably was very much aware of what he was doing and uh, probably party to it. And then a little postscript, which came about, which is probably also worth noting, which which uh, came about after I had watched and enjoyed these videos, of course, <laughs> the unfortunate charging, I think quite unfair, charging of Alec with involuntary manslaughter, but it did result in a slightly tragicomic uh, series of events where they were photographers naturally were outside Alex's house and they must kind of, I mean, paparazzi Post must up. kind of, 
must flock to him because they know there's a good chance he's going to like try and kick one of them or something's gonna, <laughs> something's going to happen so she's she they went to his house to the to their house to the Baldwin's house to say um to find out what was going on with these charges or to get a statement from them or whatever and and then Ilaria was kind of facing off with the paparazzi and saying look i've got kids and you know they've got to go to school and can you just leave us alone blah 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 which is fair enough mm. but unfortunately she was doing it in a <laughs> you guessed it a very <laughs> noticeable spanish accent and so <laughs> and so like in a moment that really should have elicited sympathy people instead <laughs> on social media were kind of going look i hate to mention this but is she doing the spanish accent again <laughs> Uh, it's so weird. Like it's, it was, it's so in her that mm. like she didn't for a second go, you know, she, cause I'm sure that she just, in much the same way that, um, that actors who are, who are a method where you don't leave character. Yeah. It's so exactly. deep, it's so deep in her that she, she, <laughs> potentially she sort of crossed the wires in her brain where anytime <laughs> that she's a, that she's a bit excited out. yeah yeah that it just the the little wire trips and it just goes to spanish zone so because you wouldn't because you would have just thought oh, i better not this is probably the worst time to do the spanish accent but she just <laughs> it's no longer a choice that she gets because she's just yeah fucked, i mean she's fucked her brain exactly it, it almost made me think well maybe she's not she's not putting it on it's a bit more nuanced than that as you say but also yeah, people were people were saying this exactly the point you made. Somebody was comparing her to Austin Butler, the star of the Baz Luhrmann pick Elvis and uh, biopic Elvis, because he, since playing Elvis, people have been accusing him <gasps> of having Elvis's voice. And, wow! Uh, and he's like, he accepted his Golden Globe, and he was like, "Thank you very much, everybody." And everyone was like, "What are you talking about that stuff for?" You know. <laughs> Not, I haven't seen that. Oh fuck! I'll have to, that would be fantastic if somebody has just <laughs> like become Elvis after a role. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Elvis impersonator who gets home and can't quite switch it off at the end of the day, <laughs> which I love. I love when that. I love that idea, and uh, and I love the comparison between Austin Butler and Ilaria Baldwin as people who had kind of had cultivated this persona and now it was coming out when they didn't want it to. <laughs> I mean, if she wants to succeed professionally, she has to stop doing it. I mean, it's only it's mm. only furthering the public's animosity towards her now. I mean, mm. she can't be doing it thinking that there's any payoff anymore. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. She's definitely not. She's definitely not doing it to try and convince people that she's Spanish anymore. It's, but it's strange. We absolutely love the Baldwinos, and we're going to yeah. keep you guys posted on Alex <laughs> involuntary manslaughter charge and Ilaria's involuntary accent. <laughs> <laughs> the involuntary Baldwinos. <laughs> the adventures of the involuntary Baldwinos. <laughs> Thank you.
was episode number 94 of Don't Raise the Machine. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. We've absolutely loved keeping you up to date with all the Hollywood happenings of New York's finest original odd couple, Alec and Hilaria Baldwin. We look forward to developing a collaborative project with the new exciting podcast, Witches Anonymous. As always, I've been one of your hosts. I go by the name Alexander Holland. And as always, I'm sat digitally next to my number one pod pirate. He's got to be the one cool. John Maloney. Thank you so much, everybody. Don't forget to stay prayed up and we'll see you next week. And the podcast.